This podcast is presented by the Ed Narrative, a place for reflective discourse on education. Visit theednarrative.com to subscribe to this podcast or our blog. You can also find us on Apple, Google Play, or Stitcher. And please leave a review to help us grow this community of educators. Welcome to episode 14 of the Ed Narrative podcast. My name is Darren Ralston, and I am the producer of this podcast. And this time we'll be talking with Chris Shedd, who is a social studies teacher at Burley Middle School in Albemarle County Schools. Um, I, uh, I wasn't sure who to talk to uh, when I decided to do another Teacher Talk episode. Uh, I'd had a lot of fun talking with Allison, but I wanted to go to middle school. And uh, I was working in Burley Middle School as a coach this past year, and Chris, his name kept coming up as, as somebody who was well-respected. The kids liked him, and any time I would, I would catch what he's doing in class or, or uh, any projects he was working on, it was always kind of a... Huh, what's he up to feeling, you know? Uh, so I figured I'd go ahead and ask and see if he uh, if he wanted to sit down and talk. And he said yes. So, um, so we managed to squeeze a conversation in right at the tail end of the year. I think we had one more day before the uh, final day of school. And, um, you know, if you're listening to this right now, hopefully you're enjoying your summer, as is Chris, I'm, I'm hoping. Um, it's the middle of July. And uh, at this point, we're at least in uh, Albemarle. We're about uh, we're about a month away from being right back into the uh, swing of things. So, anyhow, enough said. I will uh, go ahead and let us start in on the uh, podcast. Here we go. In seventh grade, I had a British history class, and I had this teacher named Mrs. Graham, and mm-hmm. she taught. Taught us that she just told us stories most of the time about the kings and queens, and they were just so dramatic and violent yeah, and they were. exciting. <laughs> yeah, and so like for a seventh grade kid, that was just like sucked me in. Mm-hmm. And so, and I had liked history before. I liked it in sixth grade, but I had a teacher as more worksheets in sixth grade, and so it was, it was interesting. But it, but this woman really sucked me in. And she bring it to life. Is that yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then um, I always thought if I become a teacher, I'm going to try and do the same thing for my students. Mm-hmm. It's like bring in every crazy story I can because that's how you engage the kids. And mm-hmm. like history is a is a crazy, th- I mean, there's so many crazy stories in history. It makes it really yeah. easy to teach, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, well, you know, they say truth is stranger than fiction, right? Right, I mean, yeah. It, yeah, totally. Yeah, so like I people say, you know, it's hard to teach middle school, but I mean, if you know what stories to tell the kids, it's really, I mean, that can tell itself, mm-hmm. so. Well, and you can always use trial and error. This one didn't work, so we'll try it. Right, one. yeah, <laughs> like you'll find, yeah, certain stories might fall flat, but um, yeah. But then anyway, so I, in college, I was I thought about being a teacher, but I was also into archeology, span but then one of my history professors said, you really should be a history major. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a... So I was a double mm-hmm. major, anthropology and history. Oh, okay. And when, and I, so when cool. you were saying archaeology, did you mean more like like the anthropological stuff? Or are you yeah. talking more like the digs and... Well, um, so I was... I did... I actually have done two archaeology digs. Okay. And um, I was really interested. I did one in North Africa. It was a Roman oh, uh, cool. church site. Where was that? It was in Tunisia. Okay. And so it was for six weeks. Um, and it was in Carthage. Uh, it's right by the Mediterranean. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was really one. Of the, I was 19. It was one of the best summers yeah. of my life. And we worked six days a week in the field. It was very hot. 
Right. But we, you know, we dug up Roman coins and marble and mosaic and one trench we found it part of a human skull. So oh, it was wow. very interesting stuff. And it, there were some Islamic pieces that came out of there as well, which was interesting. So were you finding in that dig that there was like the layering where cities were built on top of cities? Right. Yeah. Like the, okay. Yeah. The deeper you go, the, you know, right. you get different stuff. Yeah, so like tree rings or something. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. Yes, I did that one. Then I also did a dig uh, um, because of my experience on that dig in college. I did one in Saltville, Virginia. Mm -hmm. And so I was actually a a supervisor on that dig. And it was uh, we were digging up the ironworks that the salt, the big salt vats from the Civil War times, Mm -hmm. because Saltville was the salt capital of the Confederacy during the war. So there was like salt mining. And then. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so that was pretty interesting. Um, but to be honest, like, uh, my history classes struck a bigger chord with me. And I, I, even though I enjoyed archaeology and anthropology, I was really into primatology too, but, but in the end history kind of won out for me. And then when I graduated though, I hadn't planned ahead enough. (laughs) And so like I ended up working at a bank for a year as a bank teller. And at that point I was like, you know, I just... I, you know, I, I miss the academic world, like, mm-hmm. and because my dad's a professor, my mom was a school teacher, so I'm just used to that schedule. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, so I quick, pretty quickly decided that, you know, I'm going to go into teaching. Mm-hmm. And then, so then I applied, I got a job at UVA. I got a job, I got, excuse me, I got, a, my, I got into UVA, so I did my master's of social studies education at UVA. Mm-hmm. I was there on um, two-year program, but then, uh, I did my student teaching at Burley. That's where this is all going, okay. <laughs> this rambling all right. story. All right. um, Which so, is where we are right now. We're in Burley. Right, yeah. Right. And then so I did my student teaching in the fall, and then they hired me to be a TA in the spring. So I was actually there for the whole academic year. Okay. So when people ask me how long you've been in Burley, I say 15 years because right, yeah. I was there for the whole year. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and so and I've been here ever since. And yeah. the, the principal at the time, Dr. Harrison, Hired me for the following school oh, year. I didn't realize Dr. Hairston was the principal here. Yeah, okay. for six or seven years, maybe. Okay. Cool. Um, cool. Yeah, so he um, hired me, and then I've been here ever since. So, so, so when you look at the the work you were doing that drew you maybe away from the like you know the yeah. active like seeking out of literal artifacts. Yes. What was it that drew you from that to history? Was it was wow. it something specific that you kept kind of returning back to? Yeah. Um so it was it was so it, it was the teachers actually. So and I had great uh anthropology teachers. I mean they are top of the mm-hmm. class. But um I you know history has always been a love for me since I was young and um I had a uh, two professors in particular, Dr. McClellan, uh, who is world history. And is I was this at, at UVA? Too? This is at, Ra- I'm sorry, I went to, my undergrad was at Radford. Oh, okay. And so in college at Radford University, um, Dr. McClellan um, was just all the world history. He had a mm-hmm. really cool way of teaching. And it was, uh, it was a lot of note taking, but it was story after story. And as he kind of taught through stories, mm-hmm. um, and I just found it, the world history riveting. Mm-hmm. And then Dr. Hepburn, her specialty was African American history. I was I got really into that as well. Yeah. And she actually wrote a book about because um, so many African Americans escaped to Canada during mm-hmm. the 1800s that all these communities developed on the border of Canada and America. Was that like in the Ontario I think so. area? Maybe up in 
can't imagine Quebec would be. No, I don't think that far. Like uh, pretty close to the border, I think. Okay. I can't remember the name of the communities. Mm-hmm. But she wrote. She was writing at the time. It's been published. But she's writing a book on those communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting yeah, at the yeah. time. You had said you'd done your uh, your TA work here. You'd been here as a student before you became a, a full time teacher. Right. Yeah. What, was it your intent to come into middle school, or was it something where um, you ended up discovering that this was what you wanted to do after you'd been well, put in the placement. So my intent was actually to do high school, mm-hmm. but then I got placed in a middle school, and I was surprised to discover that I really enjoyed this age group. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was placed in seventh grade. Um, in seventh grade, seventh, sixth grade, have you know the kids are still pretty curious and mm-hmm. um, very energetic at that they age. Are. And so I, I really enjoyed being here at Burley. I enjoyed the atmosphere of the school, the, the age group. And, but I, then I thought about high school, too. And I, got, I had a job offer at a high school. But a friend of mine said, do you want to teach content or do you want to teach kids? Uh, and I thought about that's it. That's a good question. I know. When I said I wanted Had to do, you ever thought of that before? Well, I wanted to do both. <laughs> so, but, um, but, then I, but then I realized that I really enjoy this, this age group. Mm-hmm. And so I, and to that point, even though content is very important to me, I, I want to teach kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and in middle school, they're old enough to do real content. Um, and so I, I was pretty comfortable that I could satisfy myself with the level of discussion and investigations that we do in middle school, that that would be plenty for me. And um, yeah, but I wanted to teach kids. So yeah, like, that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. I've never heard somebody actually so phrase it's, that. It's question. even better because they had something for elementary too, but I can't remember what they called it. Or maybe it was if you want to teach kids, teach elementary school. If you are a kid, teach middle school. If you want to teach <laughs> content, teach high school. But I can um, see that. I can see that working. Yeah, but, yeah. and you know, I, I do have a healthy love of Star Wars and gross humor and things like that yeah. so i do fit yeah. in middle school there's a middle but, um, schooler inside of yeah there's a middle school inside somewhere. of me definitely and yeah. uh i definitely also want to teach kids too mm-hmm. so yeah one of the things i liked about I, I taught high school right so one of the things i liked about ninth grade my two favorite levels yeah. were ninth grade and twelfth grade okay they were on the cusp of both sides right. of their career and bottom of the top of the totem <laughs> ninth graders yeah ninth graders weren't too cool to do ridiculous stuff right you know? 12th graders, they were too cool for it, but they were ready to move on and do some stuff that they hadn't done before. So, yeah. so there was like this neat bookend, and I really enjoyed yeah. that part. But the ninth graders, I mean, I think, you know, they're, they're not that far from being middle school. That's you know? true. And I don't, I honestly don't have any experience in high school. So mm-hmm. I, I don't like it when the kids are taller than me. That is one thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually some sixth graders that are taller than me now. So. But I've learned to deal with that. So, right on. yeah. Um, so when you look at, you were talking about uh, you'd had a middle school teacher who had really kind of made history come alive for yes, you. Yes, yeah. Um, and, and you were also talking about how you like Star Wars and, and stuff like that. And yeah. um, are there ways that you can pull that, bringing that story alive of, of whatever it is you're learning? Or maybe, I know, for example, you've got the hero's journey in Star Wars and there's analogs throughout things. Are you able to pull from some of that or do you, do you feel like there are other things that you have to maybe work from? How, how do you how do you try and take some of that kid in you and bring it into the classroom? Well, I mean, there's definitely um, parallels between Star Wars and the Civil War and things mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. you know, we talk about uh, Gettysburg and how the Union 
had the high ground and mm-hmm. um, I actually uh, jump up on a desk and I say, the union's up here, right. the Confederates are down here. And then we go through, you know, what is the advantage of having the high ground? Mm-hmm. And the kids say things like, well, you have a better shot. You know, they had to come to you. And, um, and then I, I say, well, yes, it's just like in Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> when Obi-Wan Kenobi had the high ground, he told Anakin, I have the high ground. Don't come up here. Anakin jumps up there and he cuts all his legs and arms off. Yeah. So. <laughs> you just spoiled it for everybody. Uh, that, that movie is fairly old. Like. <laughs> <That's teasing. laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yes, and so, uh, you know, anytime you can bring in a little pop culture mm-hmm. or, you know, connect it to their lives or, um, you know, when we were doing the Civil War, there's uh, we were talking about, Robert E. Lee is one of the curriculum people. Mm-hmm. And so they had a lot of questions. You mean it's in the SOL? Yeah, yeah. he's one of the Civil War um, SOL standards, Robert right. E. Lee. Um, and so they had a lot of questions about the statue and, right, um, right. and what, what happened yeah. in Charlottesville. Because we also, we finished the Civil War and that's where the curriculum ends. But I always do a little bit about Reconstruction just to give them kind of an idea where it's going after the Civil War. Right, yeah, because it's kind of hard to just end it there and expect somebody to make sense out of yeah, where we are now. Right, because they will do it in seventh grade, but, mm-hmm. you know, I hate to just end the war and that's it without any aftermath. And so, but um, you know, of course, in Reconstruction, you have the Black Codes, which turn into the Jim Crow laws, and all that connects to a lot of the stuff that's going on today. And mm-hmm. so we talk about that and the statue, and they had a lot of questions about the hate groups, and of course the KKK developed after the Civil War, and they're obviously around today. Mm-hmm. And so the kids are very fascinated by the KKK and don't understand why it, they can still exist. Right, and yeah. then we talk about, you know, you can think whatever you want in your country. It can be disgusting, hateful. You're allowed to think it as long as you don't break any laws. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. And the kids, yeah. they really, it takes them a little bit to wrap their head around that. Right. So did that, so, I mean, obviously we are in, Charlottesville. Yes. And <laughs> this, it's amazing, you know, when you look at, you know, I, I can't remember, I, oh, I was at uh, Albemarle High School working with some kids there and they were doing a monuments project uh-huh. um, for the uh, Let Them Shine, I think it is, uh, the John Legend. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Let em Shine? I think so. I think that's it. Anyway. Yeah, that sounds um, right. So I was working with them and one of the kids brought up uh, a screenshot of you know, when you type in just the word Charlottesville into Google and get the image search, right? It's all stuff from August twelfth. Yeah. Right. Um, right. So, did I've got a couple questions now? Sure. I didn't even, until I, you brought this up. No, I, was, I didn't anticipate I, going here either. <laughs> I know, and, and I don't want to belabor it, but at the same time, no, no, think, no, I know. You know, you're in a position where, yeah, you know, it's going to come up. In it is my class, and right. it's one of those things where you know, how do you cope with it? But like. Yeah, you know what? What kind of conversations came out of um, of that? Like, how how much did you engage with it in here? And well, how much did you feel safe engaging? In well, it? I know um, they definitely want us to be careful what we say on this issue. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that. Right. And so, but um, I think I feel like I talked about pretty responsibly. And I mean, the kids have questions. I can answer mm-hmm. factual questions. You know, like. And um, so they had a lot of questions about some kids didn't really understand what happened. And so mm-hmm. why is the statue coming down? We talk about the two sides of that. And um, and then that leads um, the, the Confederate flag always comes up. Mm-hmm. 
And so, and th that generally divides the room a little bit because you always have some kids are definitely, you know, have the Confederate flag and right. don't understand what the problem it's with it something is. Something they've seen throughout their time growing sure, up. Sure. Yeah. Around, yeah. You know. And I mean, some of them, their, you know, their ancestors have fought for the Confederacy and it, it means di different things to different people. Mm -hmm. But uh, I try to explain both sides and why, so they also understand why some people do get upset about the flag. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very complex issue. It is. It's very and especially difficult. for sixth grade, it's really a, it's, it's a tough discussion to have because mm -hmm. they're really, there's really hard for them to get their heads around both sides of everything. And because mm -hmm. they definitely come in with one perspective mm -hmm. and for them to, try and think about another person's perspective mm -hmm. it's a little eye-opening sometimes for them so, um, so did you have conversations like this prior to this year or what was it like before august what, 12th happened um do we have conversations about not not whether or not they occurred but like just kind of like the nature of it i suppose because well, i know you have to teach the civil sure War yeah we, we definitely had the confederate flag um, conversation um, quite a few times over the years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but this year, um, those questions came up more than ever. Like, uh, I never had so many questions. Um, I mean, I, I've always tried to connect the Civil War to, to so I try to, um, after we finish the curriculum, we talk about its connection to the Civil Rights Movement. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about a little bit about in this world today, you know, racism is still very much a problem and mm -hmm. there's a deep connection to civil war and slavery there and so like you know our world today is influenced by what happened in the civil war mm -hmm. and issues that we did not take care of mm -hmm. after the civil war and injustices yeah. that happened and i mean you're talking about civil rights 1960s african americans still don't have equal rights in 1960s mm -hmm. and 100 mm -hmm. years later and the kids thinking about that like mm -hmm. you know, that's not that long ago guys right and well there's i mean you yeah. look at um i mean this school was once an african-american high school right yes and that was you know i mean so there's I yeah mean, the history of all of that is all around us in this building absolutely so, yes yeah um yeah so so that's that's interesting and and you know what i don't i hadn't anticipated talking about yeah i don't either, know if i answered i, I like, can't remember your question i don't know if i answered that's fine, it. That's fine, that's fine. I, I mean you know <laughs> i think just the fact that we're addressing it is is yeah is good because um well i think i have a responsibility if they ask me to talk about it like because they because some of them had no idea what happened and i know and um think about a kid coming out of elementary school and yeah. the summer before they become a middle schooler this happens yeah. just before school starts because yeah. i think we started school the week after that right right yeah so it was still fresh oh and, and it's heavy these kids came out heavy of being stuff yeah kids like little kids to yeah. that time in their life where everything's in upheaval yeah and i tell them the whole world knows about Charlottesville, <laughs> they do yeah, I've been, and it's I not for a BBC positive reason. <laughs> I know, right? And they mention it yeah. at least once a week. Yeah, and and it's yeah. amazing to me that that's where the the city's. Well, yeah, and out. I mean the drama continues as mm -hmm. the trials continue, and you and know the statue's still to there, get the and your anniversary thing that right, and, and, it's, and it's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. it's gonna continue. It's gonna be something that comes up every year, and. Mm -hmm. But At I think it's good to have a healthy yeah. discussion and, you know, just kind of look at everything with mm -hmm. them. So, yeah. Yeah. But. Well, um, well, thanks for 
entertaining that. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, like I said, that was, <laughs> I, as soon as you started going, I'm like, you know what? I, that has definitely got to be what something is, that you, you encounter. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you, you said this is your 15th year teaching, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. If um, you count my student teaching. <laughs> well, I, I would count it. I mean, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. that's in there. So, especially since you've been in the building, I mean, you've got, you've got the, uh, you've got the sort of ingrained culture of the building yes. from day one. Right. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and so what um, in the time that you've been in here, what would you say has let's maybe just look at it from how you came in as a teacher to where you are now? Where would you put yourself as far as like how you approach things? Maybe that first year when you were flying without the training wheels. OK, so um, I think that's a very interesting question because, you know, and then people say this all the time, it takes five years to really become comfortable in the classroom. Yeah. I, know, yeah. I know people say that, but I really believe that. Well, if um, you look at that, um, what is it? The, uh, is it the tipping point or the outliers? I can't remember the, the book where you need 10,000 hours. Right, That's right. That's about five or six years yes. of teaching. Yeah. It really is. And it's funny, a lot of people quit after five years. Yeah, right, and they're like, oh, I never will get the hang of this. So, yeah. But, you know, as a young teacher, and um, so when I was a student teacher, my – biggest concern was behavior management mm -hmm. and because uh is that because I, of well i just telling you that was your concern no was that, that was a it was more well it was more me and um and i came in and it didn't it didn't click right away like how do i control a classroom how does that work and um and i was, I was very raw when i did student teaching mm -hmm. and um and so and I always had the, I actually, the, my mentor, she gave me the classroom after a week. And to be honest, I was not ready. Um, I wasn't ready yet. And, uh, but she was always there to back after me up week, if I got in wow. trouble. Yeah, she gave me after a week and, and she was definitely there to back me up if I stumbled. But it was a, it was a tough class too. Yeah. It was actually honestly one of the toughest classes I've taught so that was kind of intimidating. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh gosh, how am I going to do this? So when I, when I did, uh, when I got the job as a classroom teacher, I came in pretty strict, like, cause they always say, you know, it's easier to loosen right. up after you've established Don't yourself until what is it? Christmas. Is yeah. And I, I never yeah. did anything like mm -hmm. I never, um, was like super mean or anything like that, but I definitely, um, as I had taught year after year, I grew more comfortable each mm -hmm. year and so uh, every year i felt more comfortable bringing humor into the classroom mm -hmm. and taking more chances I, I took some chances in my first year um my one of my mentors was judy cutright who's a gifted resource teacher and um, dr harrison assigned her to be my mentor and she uh she had me we made uh uh, for one year, the Explorer Unit, we did these cool board games. Uh, it's a board game assignment where they're studying the curriculum, but then making a game based on it. So they created the the game. Is that what? Yeah. So okay. you give them a rubric, and um, you know what they have to. You have to give them all the all the standards and everything like that. But they do the research. But then it's really creative because they can do the game however they want. And mm -hmm. uh, some kids make Risk or Monopoly or Amazing Race, mm -hmm. and they have fun things like, oh, you landed here, you got scurvy, you go back <laughs> you to got space. scurvy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, I hate it when that happens. But then also yeah. um, she had me like dressing up and going back in time and doing oh, stuff like that. So I did cool. all that stuff my first year, uh, which was a little out of my comfort zone. 
Um, though it's not out of my personality range, but <laughs> I'm a pretty goofy guy. So uh, I certainly capable of doing all that stuff. But um, she definitely pushed me to take chances and do creative things in the classroom. I still do some of the projects, like the board game project that oh, she yeah? taught me. Yeah, and so, but I, I definitely also was uh, very strict as a first year teacher and very aware of what was going on and and because I was so nervous about, you know, not having control. Right. Um, was that, would you say that was kind of your biggest fear at that point? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And then, but then I realized it's a lot easier when it's your classroom. Like when it, because I was a student teacher, I was a student teacher. It wasn't mm -hmm. really my classroom. But when I got to start from the first day one, set my own rules, my own procedures. Um, and I found as long as you follow through what you say, um, and create an engaging class, you're going to be fine, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so, but then as you get, as you get uh, more experience, you just become more comfortable. You have more experience dealing with different situations and problem children and, um, you know, different learning styles. And so yeah. I think it's critical if like, if you can just wait out those five years, it gets easier and, Right. You know, you get, you get well, I think comfortable. It, it's kind of like uh, you develop a muscle memory for certain things. Right. You know, where yeah. it's like, oh, I've, I've been here before. This is what I do. Yeah. And, you, and it gets to the point where, you know, you don't even have to think that thought. You just react because you're used to it. Right. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's interesting, too, is that some people can't do it, too. And it's not a, it's not. What do you, what do you mean? Can't do. Teach. Like, oh, yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. they don't have the classroom I management. I know. It's, it's, and, uh, it's not. And it's not, like I'm not, off a log. and that's not necessarily a criticism in anyone. It's just, it's not something everyone can do naturally. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not perfect in any way, but um, I just think it's interesting that like not everyone can pull off. Some people never do figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I knew that as a first year teacher. So that also was in my mind, you know, like, mm -hmm. like what if I'm one of the people me? that yeah. can't do that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah and I have some good, I, <laughs> I had some good friends that just teaching was not for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had some really rough experiences before they got out. And mm -hmm. um, yeah. fortunately, I, I, I feel like I fit in here and um, I clicked, with, I usually click with the kids most years. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about some of the things that you do work on with the kids? You know, um, I know we talked a little bit ahead of time of, of some of the stuff you might want to want to bring into it. Um, what, what would you say? You know, you gave me a couple of items. What would yeah. you say is sort of the, either something that really stood out to you this year as as a success or, or that you felt like you were taking a huge risk on and and it surprised you what, what would you what would you put out there as, um, as i've got a, a couple things so mm -hmm. one uh, i started a new set of lessons this year um, called lies my teacher told me mm -hmm. and those are pretty popular i wasn't necessarily intending to do a series of them but um so many students kept requesting more of those lessons yeah yeah and there's a book lies my teacher told me um and so i kind of borrowed that title for my lessons mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. and so but the first one is on um christopher columbus and it's the idea of the lesson is you look at the myth mm -hmm. and you have to look at primary sources to discover how true is the myth um and well, what is the myth how true is the myth and then you also look at how do you judge this person in the 21st century too right because you know people looked at the world differently back then but that doesn't necessarily excuse crimes committed during those times right too yeah. Yeah. and um and so we did a lesson on columbus um and uh, most kids knew he wasn't perfect but that was a pretty shocking one because he 
and he's murdering, torturing, raping. Yeah. You know, they're. The, I mean, it's all, all check, check, that, check. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty bad. It's really bad. And I, I mean, I don't go in sixth grade. I don't. I stay away from certain things. But we definitely talking about the killing and the torture and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um, they found it super engaging. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at it's. And some one of the students said, "Are you making this up? Is this true?" I was like. It's primary sources. You're reading the, their journals, the Spanish mm-hmm. journals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's Italian, but you know, the so most right. of the crew is Spanish. But uh, mm-hmm. so, and then uh, we did another one on. We did a. I do a series of lessons um, called Kids as Historians, mm-hmm. and uh, I really believe that the kids, you know, they're not necessarily going to remember a date or where John Cabot explored, or I. I feel like the big thing I can give them is skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, if I can help them with their critical thinking, their writing skills, those are the things that will actually serve them. And like, uh, you know, like businesses, I tell them they want people, young people that can think, you know, oh, and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, cause like they say, the well, soft skills yeah, cause it, if kids are saying, about. why do I care about history? I mean, I have a long list of why history is important. But if you're just talking about from a money perspective, like you don't have to be an historian, but you know, the skills that historians have can help you make money, Mm -hmm. like the critical thinking skills. Mm -hmm. Um, Or or even just being able to find some information that is pertinent to exactly the the, the, the why this thing is happening. Right. To backtrack and and reverse engineer what this thing is that they're yeah. looking at yeah but you know like teaching that kind of stuff doesn't necessarily kids are challenged by the writing and the thinking but so it's my goal though to make that as fun as possible and so uh all the lessons are based on like a really interesting question like the first kids as historian lesson we do is did pocahontas really save john smith's life oh wow yeah and so that um, one and I, I got that one from the stanford group Mm-hmm. And um, I just adapted it for my class. And uh, it's really cool because they look at the primary sources. Mm-hmm. And Do they read any of the John Smith accounts? Yes. Because I, I used to, when I taught uh, 11th grade history, yes. like not history, but American literature, that was one of the first things we would read was, was that. So, yeah. okay, so you included that. Yeah, because um, the John Smith accounts are really interesting because he has the two books that come out. Mm-hmm. And in the first book, Pocahontas is not mentioned once. And that is around the time that it actually happened. Mm-hmm. So that story doesn't come until she visits England much later. And then it's in the second book. And um, so anyway, the kids have to form an opinion um, based, based on that question, but they have to come up get ev- they have to pull evidence out of um, the primary sources. And um, then we have a, a little discussion where they defend their opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, but the big question, those big questions are what gets kids into it. Mm-hmm. And I found that the kids, those lessons are typically harder than your normal lesson in my class. And they're way more focused on those historian lessons, the lies lessons, the kids as historians. They mm-hmm. really take those seriously. Hmm. And I feel like because they're kind of doing, I feel like maybe they're doing more real work. Like they're actually doing right like historical work like a, a historian would do and um but it's also engaging because you're i'm challenging you to form an opinion on this interesting question right. do you feel like the because the outcome or, or the result that they get is not a known quantity for them yeah that maybe that 
con- contributes to it. I think so. Some of them get mad that they're like, what do you, what do you mean <laughs> you don't know the us. answer? <laughs> tell us, Mr. Yeah, Shen. and uh, so a lot of the lessons yeah. definitely lean a certain way. And so the kids also get mad because they're like, you ruined Columbus, you ruined Thanksgiving, you ruined Pocahontas, <laughs> you ruined Thomas Jefferson, you ruined Manifesto. You know, like... You should just call the class Mr. Shed Ruined. Yeah, everything. I was like, I'm not... You know, and it's not about ruining... Th- it's, But it's like, uh, it's also about looking at two perspectives. Yeah. Like, because yeah. we talk about how history is often told from the winner's perspective. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's good for them to to think about what's the other perspective on this. Or perspectives. And I mean, it, there's so many... Right, options. yeah. And no one's perfect, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so just we got to look at, uh, and some of them are pretty shocked by some of the stuff. But mm-hmm. let's just uh, my big thing: let's just tell the whole story. You know, don't tell right. just the good stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but the kids have responded really well to the lies my teacher told me lessons, mm-hmm. and they work hard on the kids as historians too. So, so how much time do you end up for each one of those? Like, if they're looking into Pocahontas or Columbus, like how much, how much do you put? So, into the schedule for them to be able to see that through. Um, so each of those lessons is about 84 minutes. So it's designed to be one block. Okay. But, so um, do you provide them with a couple of items to review to, to get? Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, I, I take, I use this program called Active Inspire. Mm-hmm. And so I put the program in Active Inspire. I really like it because it gives them the ability to highlight whatever they want. Right. Yeah. They can and interact then, with it. Yeah. And then you can even have... Uh, the documents can be on you can put them on any slide so they don't have to flip back and forth mm-hmm. either um, and you also if you have struggling readers um, it allows you to audio all the text as well oh, okay um, so, so do they just can they click on it or what yeah they, they click to, on it and okay. then they hear my they hear my they voice hear <laughs> <laughs> reading it to them yeah. <laughs> and right so on. yeah so that kind of levels the playing field that program mm-hmm. I feel like levels the playing field a okay. lot um, because it, it takes and um, I do um Sometimes I will modify the assignments because they're sometimes they're too long for what we need mm-hmm. to do in middle school. Because if you make it too long, you lose them. Right. Too. Yeah. You and, get um, bogged down in all of the stuff that yeah. it doesn't really end up moving at a pace they can keep up. With. Yeah. And I, I always had this part at the end where um, I like this program called Flipgrid where yeah, the yeah. kids I've, have to respond by video. I haven't used that yet, but I've seen it. Well, it's really cool. And I've done it a couple times. What happens is... The, those lessons take, they would get so into it that we usually don't have time to do the Flipgrid. Then. Oh, <laughs> so, no. I know. I mean, that's so. kind of cool. I mean, Flipgrid's cool. Yeah. But it's not essential, time, right? Yeah. If that's something where they're like, oh, we didn't get to it, but hey, we got, you know, we yeah. had fun. Yeah. Because I always do the, the Flipgrids at the end. I give them the big question. That's where you defend your opinion in the video. Uh-huh. But we don't usually make it that far, so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but we always always make sure we get through the main points, because mm-hmm. uh, otherwise it's a waste of time. <laughs> so, so with the Flipgrid part of it, then is that something that they're looking forward to, or is it something where it's just kind of a extra bonus? No, they really well. Some of them are a little shy on camera, but most of them really like it because it also lets you put little, uh, like you could put a little hat oh, on yeah. your, kid. you know, you can decorate. Like, uh, what is it uh, like? Not Instagram, like Snapchat, where you can yeah, you can decorate the face. Yeah, they okay. like all that. Um, they do like doing that a lot. So, um, so some kids are shy though and, and don't enjoy it as much. But yeah. <laughs> so, when it comes down to, um, we'd also talked about you using um, 
3D printing, and um, then also you, you were talking about doing some podcasting and, and VR work in here, and we'll get to that in a minute. But um, I was curious when we talked ahead of you know recording, uh, what you do with the 3D printing to make it kind of tie into your work sure. in the um, classroom. So I have two big 3D printing assignments. And so the first one comes in the Western Movement unit. Mm -hmm. And so in that unit, um, part of the standards is talking about inventions that helped Western expansion, like the Cotton Gin and the Reaper. Mm -hmm. And so um, and that's kind of an interesting unit because I was talking to another teacher here, Mr. Boyd. Yeah. Um, and he was, he, we were talking about that at that time, African-Americans could not get patents. Um, and so he was oh, he was saying that yeah. a lot of inventions are, were actually invented by enslaved people and they don't get credit for them. And so it, so it was like something where they would come up with this way to make the work more efficient, but then the owner of the, exactly. of like, the plantation or the, or the yes. farm or whatever it was was... Right. Saying, hey, I got this thing. I'm patenting. Exactly. So Mr. Boyd, huh. um, like he said, and I, he would he claim he would he would say that Eli Whitney probably stole the idea for the cotton gin from enslaved people. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that that's true from well, my you research. Can see it being right, but like, yeah. but but his point was well taken. Yeah. And so in that unit, um, I decided because the curriculum in a whole is not the most diverse curriculum. So in that unit, I built this extension on um, African-American inventors. Okay. Um, because it, it goes outside the curriculum because mm -hmm. I go look at all time periods. But I thought it was a, a cool way to diversify the curriculum a little bit. Mm -hmm. And and so we do a, um, a day on African-American inventors and the kids just have a blast finding out all yeah. things that, like the cell phone, the super soaker, yeah. you know, is the list goes on and on mm -hmm. and on. And so- Yeah, and, and the thing that you hear, like from me being in school, you hear, George Washington Carver, peanut butter. And he didn't even invent peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> no, he invented over a hundred uses right. of the of the peanut. Right. But peanut butter was not one of them, I don't believe. Well, so. that's interesting. So yeah. there you go. So he's but one. Like, of the, he's the one that kids generally uh, like to learn about too. But you have like Garrett Morgan did the gas mask and the traffic light, and so that that is a cool extension activity. Mm -hmm. But then um, I also have them. That, look at the inventions we have to know for the test mm -hmm. and then they have to um they have to research one of those inventions the test you mean sol or you mean oh like my, the, no, no my test class your, test yeah because i don't unit. have an sol okay. yeah oh that's right you just I do have the, that. no it's okay i do have the yeah. alternative assessments which are a little different but but anyway the kids have to research one of the curriculum inventions mm -hmm. and then they have to make um a 3d model of it in autodesk Okay. And so it's pretty cool because they, they research how it works, and then they have to make it in a CAD program. Is the idea for it to be functional, or is it just to make a mock-up of it? Just a, a mock-up, okay. but like as realistic as possible. Okay. Um, and so you could theoretically do a functional one, but mm -hmm. it just I feel like by that researching it and then make It would, yeah. but by researching it and doing the mock-up, they really kind of get a grasp of what the machine does and how it works mm -hmm. and then you also get a little um, practice doing 3d design on a real CAD program mm -hmm. um, and then if they finish everything I challenge them also to make an invention um, that improves society in some way oh cool and it's that's just for fun mm -hmm. if you finish everything what kind of things have they come up with uh oh there's so many different things I had uh, a young lady who uh, has diabetes and it was something mm -hmm. she deals with daily so she created this um, device that 
basically cures diabetes. Oh God, wouldn't that? Be? Yeah, it'd be amazing, yeah. right? <laughs> and um, but you have everything like, you know, toilets that. I don't know, like do, <laughs> do like, stuff. Like you could, yeah, like do stuff. Like you can, you can watch TV on your toilet. You know, like they come out with some crazy stuff too. Like, I guess that's making society better. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know if watching TV <laughs> on, on a toilet, toilet is, is probably not. That's probably going <laughs> outside of the directions yeah. here. Yeah, but um, it's more for fun. Yeah. But, uh, and then my uh, the other 3D um, project I do is the Civil War one. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of choice in this one. Um, you have to pick either a piece of Civil War spy gear or a Civil War medical tool. And you have to research and write a paragraph on its importance and its use. And you have to make a 3D model of your tool. Mm-hmm. And these are cool because a lot of some kids and are the, actually... Are these modeled directly on artifacts that they have encountered either? So we the, we actually um, say, look them up on Google Images. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so but they're based on real ones. Uh-huh. And actually, some kids will actually get the real measurements oh, and wow. make um, like exa- almost exact replicas. So, so size, huh? Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, it is, making it a size is challenging. The, a lot of kids do the Civil War bone saw. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because there's a imagine. lot of information about it, and they're also fascinated by the amputation. Amputation. It was just like a butchery. It is, and, and um, it's like amazing. I brought in. I used to bring in a Civil War reenactor, and unfortunately, he retired. But he was mm-hmm. phenomenal, and he brought in hundreds of artifacts from the Civil War, which he purchased on eBay. Mm-hmm. His wife actually banned him for eBay for a long time. <laughs> right. um, but a lot of them were either exact replicas or or authentic. And so um, we did a whole hour and a half routine where in that routine, he amputated my arm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my fingers, he pulled out some teeth and drilled a hole in my head. Wow. <laughs> so, so you really caught the worst of it then. I had a bad day. Yeah. yeah. The amputation <laughs> was great because we had a system where we had a fake arm and oh, we had cool. a, a, a method of hiding the arm and then he'd throw the fake arm on the floor oh my god um but he was amazing because they literally learned how to amputate an arm step by step hmm. um but i suffer civil a, war era yeah so i, I we videoed it. there's yeah. a portion of that on youtube and um i suffer greatly in the video it's my most popular videos i have fifteen thousand hits oh my god you should I, you should uh, give me the link i'll give you the I link can, but it's like because i can put that in with the, but why do people enjoy my pain so much <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, you know, and they asked the kids. I wish I could answer that. He, he pulls out two saws. He shows them a little one. Do you want me to use this on Mr. Shed or the big one? The kid's or like, the, the big one. one. Yeah. I was like, I thought you guys liked me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, he also talks about the medicine because, you know, a lot of the, the main ingredients in civil war medicine is opium and alcohol. Yeah. And so that blows the kids' minds, yeah, too. Right. Um, and so I also do, uh, in that unit, I do Civil War battle wounds. Mm-hmm. And so I have a, a recipe for fake blood and oh, a system yeah. of making it look really gory. And yeah. so uh, they love that. Yeah. And, uh, do they get to mix it up and, and do so it? So I, I actually put it on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I'll do 40, 50 of those on because kids <laughs> want it. The other teachers hate me on that day, though. Yeah. Like, well, Mr. Asher's ready to call the emergency people because he saw one of the kids walking down the hall oh, my God. <laughs> oh yeah you gotta make sure you tell him what's going on that day yeah he i think he realized pretty quick but he, first he it's was like, alarmed there's an awful uh, what happened to that kid yeah. yeah oh my goodness so um but some of the models are amazing that they do pretty right. incredible 
Let's talk a little bit about the podcasting and the VR. I mean, okay. obviously we're doing a podcast right now, so uh, yes, I, have, yeah. I have a vested interest in hearing how you use that for your Yes, I, mean, um, I think classroom. I could get a lot of tips from you probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the podcasting is fun. So I do that in the American Revolution unit. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a similar idea to the African-American adventures where the curriculum is not in, in terms of diversity women it's a little light on those things and um mm -hmm. and so in the american revolution most of the people you have to know are white men right right and so mm -hmm. and so i had this project where i give you more than 30 choices of people but they include uh women you know people of different ethnicities and mm -hmm. um and so it, it just kind of it gives you a little more choice and a little more a more a more interesting selection of people are they are they more um i guess i don't know for lack of a better word obscure figures like in total or are there some that are like the, um the standard some like of them it, i guess it would be a kind of an opinion some of them are, some people would say obscure like sybil lovington mm -hmm. people like that i guess yeah, i guess some of them are more obscure but actually did pretty big things mm -hmm. um and so you know, and they're pretty famous, but like they don't get talked about, like with George right, Washington yeah. and people like that. And so it, that's another point that also, you know, exposed you to a little more history there than you probably typically get. Mm -hmm. But then the kids pick a person and they have to, they have a rubric and they have to say if their person's a hero or a villain. Oh, and they had to defend okay. their position. They have to uh, explain their person's importance in the American Revolution. Mm -hmm. And, they, and uh, they have to have a commercial that's, for something from that time period. Okay. Um, right. So for like a phone soft. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. kids, uh, a lot of kids uh, like selling the muskets on commercials. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and so they they like that assignment a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and it would also require them to come up with an interesting story about their person from the revolution. Okay. Too. And so we use, um, same program, use Audacity. Mm -hmm. And I put them in groups. And uh, I ask them, the podcast generally is between one to three minutes. It's not okay. too yeah, long. I was just going to ask you how long. But uh, you know that like three minutes actually can be a long time. For a middle schooler, yeah. <laughs> For a middle I mean, schooler, you yeah. You think of like trying to get a kid to do a presentation, even at the high school level. Right. And, you know, I used to say no more than, you know, five minutes and they'd yeah. be finishing in three. Right. You know, and, and I would yeah. just kind of. It, it's like, fun okay. though because uh, <laughs> it's fun because I put them all on um, Google Drive and then I just make it available on Blackboard so you can listen to anyone from any class. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And then, um, do they do any type of you know thing where they listen to each other and and do anything there or? You mean like feedback? And yeah, stuff? either feedback or just you know just listening and having. I would, like some I would sort love of to response. do that, but honestly, like time is an issue. Right. And so we spend about two or three days on it. So I love to do the feedback. We just don't have time, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's so tough because I am a semester class, and oh, so okay. I yeah, and so that. it's I it's really worked for you. You really and it's really tempting to go off on tangents and various things, but you really gotta pay attention to where you are in the curriculum because yeah, I do feel a real kind of get lost. In, yeah. And in, I feel a responsibility to get through the civil war and they do have an alternative assessment for the civil war. Mm -hmm. And because, because uh, in seventh grade, it basically picks up from there. Mm -hmm. So I feel really, so that's the end point mostly for where yeah, you 1865 okay. is the end point. And okay. so I go a little bit beyond in fact, but, um, 
you know, it is my job to teach the curriculum. So, right, yeah. <laughs> so course. like, uh, and yeah, like some units when we get to English colonies, that should take two weeks, but that's our first difficult unit. And mm-hmm. so we usually end up taking three because it's so much content. Yeah. It's a lot of content. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, the revolution is content heavy. Civil War is very content heavy. And, yeah. Uh, and these kids are 11 years old, 12 years old. So, you know, yeah, it's, hard, it's hard yeah. to cram all that down their throats in a semester. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I can imagine, especially for those first semester kids that, you know, are just coming into middle school and then trying to work at that pace. Some of them have never had grades or taken exactly. a test before. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> and I'm like, welcome to US1. <laughs> Hello, kids. <laughs> We have a test in a week and a half. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm sweating. Luckily, the, the first unit the is a yeah. fairly easy geography unit, mm-hmm. and so and then uh, so it starts off. It gets harder as you go, but you know, just being on a, a fast-paced class is really new to those kids. Mm-hmm. Never had a semester class before. Yeah, especially yeah. Well, a I mean, US one in a semester. I don't and see this is this is my ignorance about uh, about the elementary you know, system here or, or just in general, because yeah. I've always been secondary, but I don't know to what extent they even have individual teachers, you know, like our, our I yeah. know, you know, when you're in middle school, you're at a different teacher for each yeah. subject, but like in elementary, well, I know you have your lead main teacher that you go to. And I, I don't know beyond that, how, how much they go to like science or. Well, I, I think it varies a lot by elementary school. Um, mm-hmm. Some elementary schools, like in fourth grade, they're doing very little history. Right. Uh, yeah. And um, they, you know, they kind of. Well, they're trying to get the math. I know. And, and not, I'm not, they yeah. have a lot of pressure in elementary school. And, um, but it is, you know, it's, it's tough because uh, in sixth grade, these kids don't know the 50 states. Some of them don't know the continent. Oh, well, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh, they do learn the states in seventh grade, but it seems like. They probably should have learned it before then, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, know, I mean, that, I think that's part of the standards-based curriculum. Right. Yeah. That's just I what it is. Right. Yeah. In elementary school, as a kid, that we had to learn the state song, you know. Yeah. And rattle through them all. Yeah. Had to ha- and we well, some the of them do. Some elementaries are teaching that; others are not. Mm. I don't think it's actually in the curriculum, though. The states. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I think, like I said, I think it. I think that it focuses primarily on reading and math. Yes, that's, which are which are guess. those two are yeah. very important, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you got to have those skills to be able yeah. to do what you guys are doing. Yeah, it, yeah, but you know, history is also you need you want our kids to be educated citizens too, mm-hmm. and to have a sense of where they came from and how the government works and all the stuff that how the world works. Them, yeah, yeah, like history. Same yeah. history is how you learn how the world works, you yeah. know. And so, yeah. um, so what I want to do before we start winding down okay. is um, just. I want to throw it back to you and see if there's anything that, you know, maybe that you'd like to to bring up as as a topic or sure. something that, you know, maybe you wanted to, to talk about, whatever the yeah. case may be, and just kind of put the ball in your court because I've kind of been driving the, the topics and I want to let you. No, I, I appreciate you yeah. being the leader. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did have one other thing. So you had mentioned, I had mentioned VR. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, Mrs. Craddock, uh, the librarian, mm-hmm and I had been experimenting with VR, and she, she actually kind of helped get me into it. Mm-hmm. But um, I really think the Google Expeditions are really cool. Is that, is that done with, like, the little cardboard? Yes. And, um, so it's not, like, the full-on HTC headset? No, no. Okay. 
Yeah, so but it's, it's accessible. More. It is accessible, and uh, we now at Burley have a classroom set of um, eye touches for the kids, so the, you can check them like out. The iP- those iPods. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and so and then Mrs. Um, Craig's sister works at Google, and uh, her sister donated oh, cool. a bunch of the headsets. You know, right. I didn't even know that about. But they are actually the headsets are not expensive. You can get them for right. five, seven dollars on Amazon. But mm-hmm. still, to buy twenty five of them, whatever, it adds up. It's nice yeah, that we got them for free. Thing. Yeah. So I've I've been doing that, and um, it's it's really interesting because you can take the kids so many places mm-hmm. virtually. Well, give me an example like how it, like one that sure like and, um, and we did um, in the American Indian Unit. Um, the kids went to a powwow. Um, I, mean, I think it was a crow powwow. Um, it's escaping me right now. So this it, is like actually like like something that's occurring, like an event that they were able to It see was an see. event that did okay. occur. And so these are still images, 360 images. We do mm-hmm. video as well. Mm-hmm. But then um, we also looked at the Plains Indians, and we, we were outside of a teepee. And then I push a button, and they're in the teepee, and it's like the holodeck and Star Trek. Oh, wow. And they're okay. like, ooh, you know, they're really <laughs> excited. Mm-hmm. The Google Exhibitions, is, I feel like I'm advertising for them, but it's really good because it actually gives the teacher information. Like, mm-hmm. if you feel like you need that, it tells you what to say. You can point to objects in the 3D world. So and is it set up for education? Is that the idea? Absolutely, and yeah. Then, and then there's like a, a sort of like a note sheet or something? Yeah, so there? the teacher has the controlling app, and then mm-hmm. the kids all have the Explorer app. And so it lets the teacher switch from scene to scene, mm-hmm. and it gives a, a little... Uh, introduction paragraph and then it um, has points of interest and uh, different levels of questions you can ask the kids based on what they're seeing so then uh, Miss Craddock and I were talking about this Google Expedition stuff and we had the idea um, to do one Mm -hmm. Um, like create one yes and so we um, I have a friend who is cousin works at Monticello and mm-hmm. her her cousin Naya Bates because Monich- we have Monticello. Mon- oh, so I'm sorry. Monticello, the the actual Jefferson's Monticello. Jefferson. Yeah. Jefferson's so um, Monticello. this woman, uh, her name is Naya Bates. She is the an historian at Monticello. So I contacted her, and because my idea was that Monticello already has an expedition for the big house. Oh, do they? Okay. They do, but they don't have one for Mulberry Row. Now, they do have an excellent app on Mulberry Row. It's really... So, explain what Mulberry Row is, because... Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, so, that's okay. So, Mulberry Row is where um, enslaved people were lived and worked at on Jefferson's... Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I proposed to Monticello that our students do the technology and, and, and do the write-ups and create a Google expedition, yeah. which would be huge... And so Monticello was um, very gracious, and they said yes. And um, our kids went out before opening hours, and we had two um, eighth-grade students who did all the tech work. They were amazing. Like, Ms. Craddock, actually, NBC29 showed up. <laughs> and so she was talking to NBC29, and I was following the boys around. But I didn't really do anything. They actually uh, they had everything done like 15 minutes. But they... They did 360 imagery of pretty much all of Mulberry Row. Mm-hmm. And so their part was actually pretty easy because um, they knew what they were doing. It was quick. Then we had two seventh grade students who did the write-up of each either room or place. Mm-hmm. This was the hard part because, um, you know, it, it has to be just right yeah, you got for it. Monticello yeah. to be okay with it and for Google to be okay with it. Right. And so they worked 
pretty much this whole year on it. The kids did? Yes. And so their language When arts, did you guys start with it? Uh, in the, we filmed in the fall. Okay. And then we it, maybe we didn't start the writing until this semester. But they've been at least working all se- this semester on it. Okay. But we, we started the process at the beginning of the school year. And, um, but their language arts teacher allowed them to do that in place of what they were doing in language arts, these two young ladies. Cool. And they did a fantastic job, and they did a write-up on each place. And, um, and actually, um, the Monticello app was very helpful with that because most of the information is in the app. So, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but still yeah. you have to write it. Writing has to be pretty perfect. And um, so they went through several rounds of edits with Monticello. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we think we've gone through the final edit now. So you're just waiting to hear back? Yeah, so it? it has to go through their team there. But um, it seems like we are on the path to getting published. Cool. And so the next step is Monticello is going to send it to Google. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, it seems like that will be a formality at that point, and Monticello puts their stamp on it. I think for the most part, yeah. Yeah, and they already again, have I'm, an expedition they've done, yeah. and we, um, we were very careful to um, emulate their format they did for the big house, mm-hmm. and so that should... So that it would be seamless. Yeah, so exactly. Mm-hmm. So like if someone goes on to the Mulberry Row expedition, you know, it's like a professional did it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we picked, I mean, two, they were two of the best writers we have, these, these two young ladies, and uh, they, were, they worked really hard. Sometimes it was frustrating because of the rewrites and things mm-hmm. like that. And uh, they had to do a lot of research. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that's, they were doing real historical work on a World Heritage site that um, if it's published, people all over around the world, around the world will use that. Right, yeah, expedition. I mean, how, how cool is that that they have the opportunity to experience not just the, you know, the end product's good, but that yeah. process of getting to it, what it right. does is it makes that, it was really authentic. Yeah, it's authentic, yeah. and, and you know, okay, so they know how it how much work's involved in bringing something right to completion. Yes, in, in regard, it, this to is not that. a fluff project. No, either. it doesn't sound like it. It doesn't it sound not, like it at this all. This is not. There's yeah. nothing, no fluff in this project. So uh, it, it was a, it was tough, but they um, rose to the challenge, and and uh, we are thinking about doing other ones too. Um, we mm-hmm. are, we also are interested in augmented reality. Right. Um, so uh, Google did a, a little training here on augmented reality. It's in beta right now. Yeah. But it was pretty amazing, I thought. A lot of potential. So we could we might do something at Burley. Because like, Burley, mm-hmm. you mentioned Burley's history. Mm-hmm. It might be really cool to have some kind of augmented um, scavenger hunt or something, mm-hmm. you know, something like yeah. that at Burley. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jefferson yeah, School be, yeah. will be another possibility. I haven't talked to them, but... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you got all summer to do that. Right, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. right. So there's... Yeah. I think there's a lot of potential for kids to do real historical work and actually mm-hmm. serve a need, though, too, and yeah, have their work... Having their work actually being used... It is, changes... Yeah, it changes, changes the game a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's not just for you. It's for right, a, yeah. a greater audience that yeah. they might never even know who's... Yeah. Working. I mean, that's... a. That's what's interesting, like doing this podcast, right? Yeah. Um, originally, when I started it, I was thinking it was for people that were in, you know, the, the district and stuff. Yeah. But then I started seeing that I was getting people coming in from all over the world, and I don't, you yeah. know, I don't know who's yeah listening who's listening. Now, yeah, know? it's fun to think um, about that. <laughs> it is. It is. It's really fun. Yeah. yeah. So what do you got? Uh, what do you got in mind for uh, next year? You got any any big things you're looking forward to? 
Well, um, so I'm going to be teaching sixth grade first semester, but um, I'm going to be teaching seventh grade second semester. Oh, okay. I haven't taught seventh grade in a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. But um, that curriculum is super interesting because a lot of the, and a lot of the kids have not had it before, like World War One, World War Two. Mm-hmm. They've had no, some of them had no exposure to that stuff. So I, I feel like that curriculum really sells itself. Um, yeah, I, I had a chance to go to Europe to see the World War One sites. Yeah, and that was it was just amazing. To oh, really and, just, and they know nothing about World yeah. War One. You know, well like, you hear World War Two. Yeah, and that's because that's you know there's relatives that you know I mean there's yeah. a, there's fewer and fewer every day that were involved with it, but yeah. Yeah. All you have to do is show them a picture of a tank, and they're they're, in, they're into yours. it. Though, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. here's the tank, kids. Yes, yeah. sir. I'm I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm looking forward. It'll be challenging because um, I always I like to create my own stuff too. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a significant amount of work on my part. Other than that, I haven't thought too much about it. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, get, get this year out. Yeah, of the I know. Way so first, got one more day. For this yeah, we got one more day. <laughs> yes. So, um, well, I appreciate you uh sitting down to talk with me this is, this is great well, we, i appreciate you, you having right? me yeah <laughs> thank you i yeah. had fun thank yeah. you so much good yeah. good good thanks a lot well that's a wrap thanks again to chris i had a good time sitting in the classroom and talking shop um he did catch up with me later after our conversation and said that he uh he felt he should mention that uh, john warsby the gifted resource teacher at Burley was instrumental in helping out with the Monticello Google Expedition project that the kids have been working on. John was uh, able to offer some time and a place during school hours for the kids to do some some of the work that needed to be done. Um, And then he also offered some feedback on the material to help get it uh, ready for Monticello. So um, now as far as August podcast going, we're working on that. And then I do want to let you know that on the September podcast, we will be talking with Diane Sweeney and Julie Wright with Student Centered Coaching. Um, I'm excited about that one. I, um, I I don't know a whole lot about it. I need to read the book before I go in there, which, uh, which I'm going to do. Um, but uh, it's something that, uh, that I've always wondered about. It's kind of hard sometimes when you're coaching and you're working directly with the teacher to see how that translates to student growth. So uh, please visit the website, theednarrative.com. Uh, we have a blog that's uh, released every Monday. And then also you can uh, check out the uh, back episodes of the podcast. Uh, We have now got 13 back episodes and then this one, which is number 14. So so there's a lot to choose from. Um, Follow us on Twitter. It's at The Ed Narrative. And uh, I hope you're enjoying your summer. There's not much of it left. I'll catch you later. Bye.